right, CT? All right, here we are, Cutoffs and Coffee, episode 12. James and CT here, as always, with our cutoffs, as always, with our coffee. A uh, little special episode today. We don't have a guest on. Uh, we wanted to revisit some things that we talked about episode one four months ago. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, if you've popped on and listened to one podcast or listened to all of them, we appreciate that and we appreciate your support and continue to reach out to us and let us know what you like, what you don't like, and who you'd like to have on. Um, we have a, a lot going on, obviously, in society right now. And James and I felt like we had to have this conversation um, here over Zoom and recorded and in the podcast format because a lot of athletes are asking similar questions. A lot of people don't know what to do now. Things are changing. Things are different. Um, and people ask us every day what we can continue to do to get better. And some people come to us and tell us that they're, you know, sick of working hard and sick of trying and already just kind of, um, you know, ready to give up and, and ready to shut it down. And that's the last thing we want to see. So James and I felt that this was important to have. This conversation was important to have. And I know we always learn a lot about each other when having this conversation. And we just wanted to be able to bring it all to you to see if you're wondering and you're asking yourself, what can we do now? We want to give you some of those answers. And we want to try to help you clear things up so you have some clarity when, when a lot of stuff is, is unclear. James? Yeah, man, there's kind of a lot to unpack here in the last, you know, four months, like you said, um, you know, from a standpoint of what's going on with our sports um, in terms of, you know, initially we were in quarantine um, and, and, you know, our, our first, you know, move was to, all right, how can we figure out how to reach people and, and help people, you know, continue to train, um, you know, towards, um, you know, working for a, a season, um, you know, assuming that uh, fall sports were going to be, um, you know, back to normal and, and beyond. So that was kind of like our, you know, our thought process is like, okay, let's, let's reach people, let's motivate people. Uh, but the underlying theme in all of that is, is let's get people moving and exercising and training um, with intent, um, regardless of the next season coming up, right? So, you know, mainly our focus was to, okay, how are we going to train in quarantine? You know, but I think the underlying theme that kind of shows through through now and part of the reason why we wanted to have this conversation is like we need to find that reason to continue to train and continue to be uncomfortable so that we don't get stagnant and that we don't waste opportunities that we don't see because we're so focused on um, what we're not able to do mm -hmm. yeah and I, and I think at the very base of it a lot of it comes down personally the reason why we do things every day and, and the reason why we get up and out of bed with fire, and again, like you mentioned, it, with intent and consistently at early hours is because we understand our why and we understand why we're doing it. And I know I've heard a lot of people talk about it on podcasts before, but I don't believe we've covered it. So that's something that I wanted to ask you, James. To get started, what is the reason that you continue to get up early, you continue to work hard, you continue to work 13, 14, 15 hour days? and you continue to put all this time and effort in, and it's very easy, it would be very easy to hit the snooze button, it would be very easy to set the alarm a little later. What is the reason, and what is your why? What, what is getting you out of bed every morning to continue to do what you do? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the easy way to kind of cancel, and like answer that question is like, I wanna you know, help as many athletes as possible, you know, improve their performance, as well as help as many 
adults improve their performance thinking of the adults as a human athlete you know dr tommy john um you know calls the human an athlete and, and i like that thinking um you know from a performance perspective being able to help somebody um you know feel better throughout their day and, and, and live a healthier life and improving that type of performance is super important as well mm -hmm. um you know but i think that's kind of my why but i also understand that we're in an industry that like you can't just like sign into work at eight and check out you know working a nine to five right so we can't just work a nine right. to five in, in what we do um and, and really accomplish kind of some of the things that motivate me are to you know live a comfortable life from a standpoint of having safety security of family and being able to provide for a family um you know so wanting a comfortable life i know that i'm going to have to do uncomfortable things mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of what drives me and understanding that what I want to help people do isn't your typical profession from a standpoint of, I can't just, you know, have a, have a consistent schedule. So, um, you know, I think that that's always driving me and it's always in the back of my head that I have to work harder than, than other people in other professions to be able to have similar successes. Um, but Yeah. And I've, I've said a ton before with you and, and I got, I got lucky to be your roommate for two years and really to see how you work. And I, and I learned a lot and I continue to work and I continue to learn from you every single day. And I understand, and I see that when you're doing these things, that that's exactly what is driving you. Um, I sit back and I think, I'm not sure how he keeps doing this. I'm not sure how he keeps working so hard, but you have it clear. You have it set. You have boards that have pictures of future houses you want and, you, and future cars you want. And you know that you have to put in consistent effort to be able to get those things. Um, you talk about supporting your family. Um, that is, is the thing that I'll say has driven me to do what I've done every single day for as, as long as I have for 33 years. And it's changed, you know, here and there, depending on new additions to the family and depending on what's going on. But, um, the thing with me and I got into the industry is the same, same way you, you did is because I just want to help people. I want to help adults achieve their goals. I want to help athletes get to where they want to get to. And, and I want to help them along the way. And I think we have a lot of these conversations because of that. I, um, as I dig a little deeper, you know, look in the mirror and really think of what it is that gets me out of bed is ultimately um, I used to do a lot of things for my, for myself. I used to play, football for myself. I used to play football because I wanted to spite people who said I couldn't do things. And after doing that for a long time, I noticed that it, even when I proved people wrong, it didn't affect them. It didn't affect that other person. It just affected me, right? It was one of those things where I would, I would drive for this. I would say, man, this guy, this specific guy, this specific coach told me I couldn't do this. And now I've done it. Look at me now. But that I'd get to that point and I wouldn't feel any better. And that guy wouldn't feel any different, right? So what I realized after my nephew was born, that, that, that the reason I needed to get up and do what I was doing and keep pushing, keep working hard is because I wanted to be the best uncle that I could be for my nephew. Now I have multiple nephews and a niece, and they're the reason that I get out of bed and I do things that make me uncomfortable because I wanna show them that I had goals that I achieved and I got there through hard work. And so when the conversation comes up down the line, ultimately with, my, with one of my nephews or my niece and said, hey, this is what I want to do, but I don't think I can do this because people are telling me I can't do it. I can 
sit back and say to them with confidence, you can do this because it was something that I did. And I always try to be a good role model for them. And I want to be strong and healthy and I want to live the best life I, I can for them. Now they have incredible role models. It's not like their, their parents aren't great because their parents are amazing. Um, but sometimes, and I learned this from, this is a quote I, I took from a good buddy of ours, Quentin Sims. And he said, sometimes it's not the message, it's the messenger. And you understand that as a kid, sometimes it's not always, you know, mom and dad aren't always right, even though we now know in our older age that they are, right? Um, it's one of those things that if my, niece, if my niece and nephews see it for me and hear it for me, maybe it hits them a little different, right? I want to be the best friend I can be to my friends. I want to be the best son I can be to my parents. Um, I want to be the best boyfriend I can to my girlfriend. And that's the things that get me up out of bed and get me moving and why I have and why, you know, I continue to do things that challenge myself and continue to, to have these routines that I feel are, are ultimately benefiting me in the long run. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still, I think that like, if you can, like, you can take a snapshot of the why, um, but you have to like peel back all of the layers of like, how did that get created in the first place? Yeah. Um, and, and, and those like, those routines and those growth systems that you, you know, you could call them a growth system that you operated on, right? And, and whether that is like, okay, I know that if I want to spite those coaches, I have to do things that other people aren't doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, even, even in looking at, you know, your, your end goal may have shifted the processes that you used to, to get to that point of being able to show out on a football field to spite yeah. a coach. You know, what it took to do that was unique. Um, it was, it was different. It was, um, above what the normal person going on a football team did for training. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, really it's just shifting those habits and trying to find like, what are the new habits that we need to adopt and what are the habits that we need to stop doing to, to focus in on this newer goal or newer why, um, you know, not necessarily, um, maybe like a new why, but it's just a new mindset in a different intent with the same, um, you know, outcome intended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a great way to put it. You're right. Because that none of that ever changed. Just the, this, just the reasoning behind I was, why I was doing things has changed. Um, you know, and, and I, I do want to talk about, and I want to transition into a little bit because you know, this stuff comes from conversations that we have every day with, with college athletes. And if you're ready to kind of roll into the fall sports stuff, um, we could do that. Um, yeah, you know, a little, a little backstory, you know, since we were able to open up, um, you know, two, three months ago, um, you know, maybe two months ago, um, pretty much like all of June and all of July, uh, we've been able to work with Baldwin Wallace's football team, as well as a, a lot of other college athletes, um, you know, considering um, a lot of different schools represented in our college training programs, all with the goal of, you know, being able to compete in fall sports. Um, and it isn't until recently that we've, we've, you know, more schools, more conferences, you know, every week it's a new school, every week it's another conference that decides they're not going to do anything for fall sports. Um, and, you know, we've had the conversations uh, about why, you know, why are these kids still coming in? Um, right. Some of them are seniors. Um, you know, some of them, it's their really first off season of a summer that they're working hard and doing some of the things that we're asking them to do. Um, so, you know, that kind of, 
sparked the conversation that wanted us to get back on uh, with, with just us too. But, you know, what are some of the things, I guess, that you've seen um, from, you know, from those athletes? What are some of the conversations you've had with those athletes, um, you know, that have had you step back and, and kind of align with that why again to, to realize and appreciate that, you know, we're having an impact? Yeah, well, look at it two different ways, right? Um, some athletes are prepared for, for tough situations and they're able to be proactive and they're able to align their goals and their hard work and understand why they're doing things. And those athletes come to us and they were, you know, some of the first couple guys that came to us. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about some of these, these high performers um, at, at VW, some of the high performers at Division One and, and, and two level that we work with as well came to us and they said, hey, I understand that sports are moving. I still want to play. What do I need to do to be the best I can be come spring? And then we have similar athletes who come to us and say, hey, move to the spring. What we're doing right now is not beneficial for my goals right now, which are whatever those become, right? And so you start to see that the group goes from 35 to 30 to 28 to 25. And we start to see, you know, who really understands and has prepared themselves for tough times like this and what can they do? Um, the conversations we've been having recently, which has been, you know, a breath of fresh air is those first group of athletes who come to us and say, Hey, now, instead of having a month left to prepare, I've got six months to prepare. Okay. Let's step back. Let's see what we are going to do. We had a plan for the month. Now we have even more time. We have a ton of time to get better. We've got a ton of time to get stronger and faster to really be much better playing in the spring by the time it comes along than they would have been playing in the fall. Um, so conversations like that is what fired me up to have this conversation. And I appreciate everybody who has done that. And I also appreciate everybody else who's been open and honest with us to say, hey, this isn't for me. This is what we're doing right now is too tough. It drives a little too long. I, I, you got to get up a little too early and that's uncomfortable for me. And I, and I very much appreciate everybody who's done that as well. Um, how about you? What are the conversations that you've had that, that sparked this conversation that we're having today? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, some of the conversations I've had with athletes um, have been looking beyond um, immediate seasons from a standpoint of athletic performance. So like, you know, we're lucky enough to work with some, some high performers, like you said, that have, have bigger goals than just, you know, playing in college. Um, and, and um, you know, those are almost easier conversations to have, I, I would say, because, you know, um, we would just rather have them sooner than a, a six months from now, uh, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like, we, we can easily have those conversations with an athlete to, to reframe their goals, to talk about what the opportunities are, like you said, in six months. Um, but, you know, I think I find the conversations with the athletes who still have the uncertainty of, of being able to compete again in their sport. You know, we don't know what's going to happen down the road. Um, and, and having those conversations about um, we're, we're creating habits that we can take with us um, or we can make an excuse that we don't know if this season's going to happen, so I'm just going to stop. Um, and, and 
and we get to have those conversations about, you know, well, eventually sports are going to be done from a competitive standpoint for you anyway. So are, are these habits that we're trying to teach you to, to train and to push yourself to be uncomfortable? Um, are those going to be habits that you're going to take with you into your career in whatever profession that is? Um, because most likely there's going to be more uncomfortable situations in that profession than we can create in the weight room. Um, but right now we know we can create uncomfortable situations for athletes to train mm -hmm. in, in an environment that pushes them to be better, um, as an individual and, and as a, you know, a training partner. Um, so being able to tie in some of those themes that we love to talk about in, in our trainers meetings, but seeing those conversations play out with young adults who are going to be successful because they're able to take a step back and, and not think, woe is me. I don't get to play this sport, um, you know, this fall, I might not get to play it again. Um, and instead of sitting in that muddy thinking, um, they're able to just take a step back, see the situation, and then get right back into being uncomfortable and, and leaning on the routines. Um, and, and it's a routine that I lean on all the time is, is training. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that gratification that you get, um, not just doing a hard thing one time, um, but making something that was hard, not hard anymore and not uncomfortable anymore. Um, and I think that's what we're, we're getting to be able to see in front of us, you know, with, with the, the training that we're having, having our athletes do. Talk about routine. We talk about training. Obviously that's, it's easy for us to say because it's what we've done this whole time, right? That's something that we say, Hey, this makes me feel comfortable excuse me, not that didn't say that exactly right, but this is what helps me, right? This is what helps me get through. This is what helps me wake up in the morning. This is what helps me sleep. This is what helps me recover. What can we say and give people who are listening who want to understand some of those routines? Maybe they want some new things to be able to add to, to their routines. They want some things that they can do right now that they can take away again one of the reasons we started this so long ago is because we wanted people we wanted people to be able to do something right after they turn this off and say okay i'm going to do this and this is going to benefit me we've said turn this thing off and start lunging right we could say yeah. you know we could say that because that's tough do that what are some other things so talk me through some things that are uncomfortable that you do every day to keep yourself sharp to keep yourself active and to keep yourself going in a positive motion, always focusing on getting better and continuing to level up. Yeah, I would say more recently, something that I've adopted more is just like writing down notes with the intention of like reflecting on what I, what I did today, what I need to do tomorrow, and, and trying to um, pinpoint specific actions, tying emotions, and, and when I say emotions, it's like what we want, you know, is, is kind of an emotion, um, you know, and then tying that into a specific action that I can do tomorrow that I can assign a time frame to, and that I can check it off at the end of the day in terms of I did this, I didn't do this. Um, and if I do this, I know this will get me in a better position for tomorrow night when I can come up with my new list. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that specifically like that reflection on, on previous days or the previous day, and then the the specific action planning for the next day. And, and this can be as simple as, you know, like I said, writing down on a piece of paper, um, you know, those three intentions, or you can take it another level 
and, and make sure that before you go to bed, you're fully prepared for the next day. And that mm -hmm. means laying out your clothes. Um, that means uh, waking up and making your bed. Um, you know, that means if, if, you know, for example, like I've been, I've been taking uh, hydration and uh, creatine um, and that only works if you're consistent with it. So, you know, I put those into a container before I go to bed. Um, I move. I can tell you've been taking that creatine because those shoulders are good over there. Yeah, buddy. Maybe it's uh, the lighting. I'm not sure. I moved. Uh, it's definitely the cut of the. <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, that's important to too. That's important too. Um, but you know, moving the the sleeping. You know, I take I take a supplement at night that helps my sleep and recovery. Moving that from the kitchen and putting that next to my you know where I brush my teeth. You know, mm -hmm. with a glass that I can fill up with water and take it right there. So those are like little actions that you know, all set me up for a successful next day. Um, and I think that's part of like the reflection process. But, you know, I know, I know that you have uh, more of a, a habitual day to day in terms of those things um, that you really rely on, um, you know, and part of that being gratitude and, and meditation, mm -hmm. um, which is something that you've been super consistent, um, you know, expressing how important it is for you and, and for people to do. Um, you know, what are some of the other things um, that, that you've either started doing recently or, or that you leaned on to be like, this has got to be part of my routine. Yeah, there's, there are tons of things that I do that I do with intent and I do consistently because I, I feel to me, it makes sense to me and it works to me and it, and everybody's different. With that being said, if I, miss one or two or 10 things. I can't let that, the fact that I didn't do the breath work, the gratitude, that I can't let that affect my day. So everything that I am saying comes with, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of push and pull. The fact that, all right, if I don't get to it, I try to get to it. If I, if I don't, it's all good. Day's not over. I don't, we can still continue on, right? And continue to level up and continue to have a good day. Um, you're right. We've, we've talked about the, the, the breath work and, and the gratitude meditation first thing in the morning. I think it's, it's such a blessing that we get to wake up and we get to get out of bed. And I think that's something that we forget every once in a while because it, it almost just becomes that routine. Okay, go to sleep wake up in the morning, get going and get out of there. Right. So that's something that I've tried to focus on first thing in the morning is I'm, I'm awake. It's such a crazy, crazy um, path for a human being to be born and to be here. And there's such a small percentage of us being here. So I think just the fact that we are here and able to wake up and be able to do things that we love to do or hate to do, just the fact that we get that opportunity thinking about that first thing in the morning, it helps me because I understand that there are people who don't get to do that. And there have been people who don't get to do that. And there will always be people every day who, who don't get the opportunity to, to wake up. So that's something that I try to think about um, every single day. Um, you know, from there, I have my morning routine, which we've talked about. Um, but I added recently um, another thing that we and I, uh, that, that we had a conversation about is cold showers. And I'm not to the point where I'm taking 15 minute cold showers and I'm doing everything in there in the morning. It's I'm taking a cold shower after I train, but it's only turning the heat off for six breaths, seven breaths. Um, studies have shown that, that seven breaths 
can change your state. You can change from anxious to calm. It can change from excited to relaxed. Six or seven breaths can change you from freaking out when the cold water hits you to relax in the cold water. And that's what I've tried to do. So I focus on that. And that's something that's been super beneficial. Um, you know, like, like you mentioned, just getting out and doing something hard every day has been super beneficial. And it might not, it looks different every single day. Um, I've also tried to have a different connection with the food that you're putting in the body. Why are you putting it in there? And, and that's um, when, when people hear the Dr. Nick Wilson podcast, he talks about that a lot, you know, intuitive eating, just eating when you're hungry, not eating when you're not hungry, but understanding what that body, what that food is doing to your body. Um, and just, just a couple things, you know, trying to, trying to be outside. I, in a couple months, it's going to come to the time where nobody wants to be outside because it's going to be cold and it's going to be uncomfortable to be out there and it's going to be way better being inside. And I'm trying to take advantage of the time when we've got such nice weather out here in Cleveland to just be outside and take in that daily sunlight. Um, you know, and, and I also really trying to hone in sleep and figure out what, what it takes for me to get ready for bed, what that process looks like how much sleep that I feel like I need and what I can do to optimize that sleep. Because like you said, you're focused on recovery. We're only as good as our, as, as our next day, our next workout. If we're beat up and don't feel good and can't go into that, we're not able to do that part of the routine. So really focusing on recovery and what needs to be done before bed um, are a couple of things that have really helped me. And they're not always, again, not always super easy to do, not something that I get to do every day, but they're things that I can do, more often than not, and if I can check a couple of them off and I feel, you know, I, I feel good about doing it, um, it sets my day up to be good, whether it be the, the night before, like you mentioned, or during the day, throughout the day, and just doing things that I know um, can help benefit me in, in the long term. Because, you know, I'm 33 now. I want to feel better when I'm 43. I want to feel better when I'm 53. I want to feel better when I'm 63 than, than I do when I'm 33. And there's no way I'm going to be able to have that if I don't approach every day with focus and intent on the little things that I know will help me, help me benefit it. Another thing we talk about a lot is just, just some extended fasts. And that comes up now when you're at a point where you're two and a half days into a three-day fast, an unplanned three-day fast, but you haven't brought it up, but once to me, and I'm the one who keeps asking about it. And you know, it's uncomfortable, but you know, it's something that is super beneficial for you. So you're going to do it. Same thing with, you know, with me daily, daily longer extended fast, because I, I feel like to me, it makes sense. And I feel like to me, it's working. And that's why I do it. Again, it's not for everybody. Everybody doesn't feel the way the same way I do when I do it. Everybody doesn't feel the same way that you do when you do it, but it's a daily challenge. It's a daily thing that I can say, all right, I did. It was hard. It made me feel good. I see the benefits. I feel the benefits and I'm going to continue to do it. So I know there are a lot of things that we, that I went over there. Yeah. Um, but I think Let, if there's just, let's like real quick with the, with the extended fasting and being uncomfortable and, and just kind of diving into why I wanted to push this one a little bit longer mm -hmm. um, because I felt like there's been days in the last month, multiple days of the week where I don't stick to what I like and what I know makes me feel better, which is, fasting until two and yeah. we're not here advocating people should go start doing that you know right. look it up do some research ask questions read books listen to books on it um listen to doctors talk about it and make your own decision how you can fit something or take away something from those doctors and the information that they're putting out but but you know like i said you know i did not feel like i was as confident 
being able to stick to a, a consistent weekly routine of an extended fast on Monday and then fasting till two throughout the week. Um, there were there were multiple Mondays that I missed um, from a fasting standpoint where I had to make them up on a Wednesday um, and do that on a Wednesday instead. So like that's part of the reason why I wanted to push this one. But also think about like the analogy of the the hanging challenge that we just did, where we're hanging on for a bar as long as we can. Um, you know, it's similar in a sense to the fasting, you know, when we're talking about over 24 hours from a standpoint, mm -hmm. like I know if I hang on for one more second, I'm not going to die. I know if I hang on for 10 more seconds, I'm not going to die. But the longer I <laughs> hang on, the more uncomfortable it gets. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, shortly after I let go of the bar, I get the feeling back in my arms. Shortly after right. whatever my next meal is going to be, I'm not going to really, you know, have the association that I felt like I was having, um, you know, with not being able to maintain um, my decision-making ability to hold the fast. Um, and that's kind of one thing I want to bring up with all, like you, you brought up a lot of, a lot of different things. And for, for someone who maybe is he hearing a lot of these things for the first time, um, it seems like a lot to, to take on. Um, and we don't want people to walk away and say, right. Oh, I need to, I need to write all this down and I need to do all of this because this is what they're saying I need to do. Um, but what, what we really can all do is figure out what decisions we need to take away from ourselves. Um, so the decision that you make in that instant from turning the shower to hot to cold, it's a decision that we can take away. We can take away that decision after consistently doing it long enough to the point where it's no longer a decision. It's just what happens. Um, and I think using that and framing that to other things that we can start doing consistently with intent eventually become so consistent. It's no longer a decision that we have to make. We no longer have to sit there and think about, should I turn this handle and be uncomfortable for 30 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit it right there on the head. It's really just a, 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 a microcosm for life. It's little things that we do that build up to be bigger things. Um, and you had something when you were talking that, that came to mind that I wanted to share. I, I didn't share this with you. Um, I, I had told my girlfriend and we had the conversation, but that was it. Um, I got reached, I had a close family friend, good friend of mine reach out to me, um, weeks ago and say, Hey, CT, I'm struggling. Um, what do I need to do? I'm heavier than I've ever been. I'm out of my routines. I'm not comfortable with the way I look in my button up shirts. I can't even button my shirt all the way up to my neck. And he, he just got to a point where he was sick of it. You know, his kids started joking about it a little bit and and said hey you know getting a little bigger quarantine's got you you know all that kind of stuff um i told him how much i appreciated him that he reached out to me because that was the first step he understands that there was a problem and he was he was comfortable enough to ask me which is i think the the hardest part to do is is reach out and ask somebody for help this is a guy who owns three different businesses he started over six different businesses before in his life. He's used to being the top dog. He used to being the alpha. Now he's at a point where he doesn't know what to do. So he reached out to me and we talked about the little things, right? We talked about the little things kind of leading up to a bigger thing. Um, I had told him just a couple different changes he needed to make. You know, we had, we had cut out some of the, the sugary carbs that he was eating for breakfast. We had cut out some of the snacking he was doing in the afternoon. Um, talked about walking to lunch instead of having somebody bring him back fast food. And that made, I think, a, a, a big difference because he realized that how, how easy it was 
to call in Grubhub or DoorDash and how easy it was to have this food delivered, but he was never making good decisions on what the food it was he was ordering. So we said, okay, if you started walking to lunch, then you've got to select a little differently what you're eating. And you're going to get, if you want to go someplace a little further, you're going to get that exercise in daily without even really thinking of it as exercise. It's not a, you know, it's not an hour CrossFit workout. It's not him lunging, you know, two miles. It's not anything like that. It's just him moving a little more. I received a text message um, just the other day. Again, this is about a month in. He was type 2 diabetic. His blood sugar was all over the place. Again, it's a bit out of my scope of practice. And I told him, hey, everything I'm telling you, check with your doctor and see if that's okay. He did that and came back to me, said it was all great. And so I got a text that said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm down 10 pounds to start, which is a great, again, we talked about three weeks or so, three weeks to a month. He said, uh, you know, 25 more to go. He said, but that's a start, but not near the goal. He said, my he said, my doctor was very happy with me. He said, I got the results of my recent blood work. Everything's better across the board. Best news of all is my A1C, which basically tells you if you're diabetic or not. He said, came back and it was down 5.8 from 7.4. And I am no longer diabetic. He said, that's crazy, right? She wants me to stay the course, but I'm very grateful that I've spoken to you and having you give me great advice and motivation, hope all as well. And that was one thing that hit me so hard because the conversation we had on the phone was your kids are saying this to you because they care about you, because they want you to be there when they have kids and they want you to see. And he's, and he told me everybody in my family has died at 70. He said, I'm 61. I don't want to live for nine more years. And he knew that we had to make some changes for that to happen. Again, I didn't say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to get out of bed an hour early. You need to go run. You need to change this. You need to change that. You need to cut these people out of your life. You need, we, we made two or three different, different changes. And he, in a month, will no longer be on pills. He will then, if he stays consistent with that, be able to live longer. And he will be able to see his grandkids go. And that means so much because that is like, we go back to the first thing we said, that's the reason why we're in this is because we want to help benefit, benefit people. We want them to live as long as they can and live as healthy as they can. I mean, just because you're alive doesn't mean you're living, right? He feels like now once, you know, more of this weight sheds, once he is, has to stop taking these pills and once he's really um, done kind of being chained to having to eat every you know what I mean? Every hour, every other hour that he feels like he can live a healthy life. And that's, that's what it's all about. So I just thought, you know, that wasn't exactly what you talked about it, but it was just little things that led up to the big thing, the greater picture, the reason that we are doing this because we want to help people live healthier, stronger, better lives. So I thought that was, I thought that was a cool story and figured that was a good way to, good way to tell it and a good opportunity to tell it. Yeah, man. And, and, and what, you know, what I think about when, when I hear a story like that is like, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised that you worked with somebody and that they were able to get results that they wanted. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I think, you know, the, the initiation of that progress is the tough part. Like what you talked about before he reached out to you, that's mm -hmm. the tough part because there's more people out there um, that don't have a CT they can call. To, to get some guidance that they trust from a person that's a friend um, who can really point them in the right direction. Um, you know, and I think we get, 
swamped with so much information with you know information overload from a standpoint of what should i do um where it's almost like what what should i stop doing it's one of those is one of those things but um you know figuring out how you can you can get more stories like that and um and we want you know if, if we think about it from a standpoint of think about how many you know professionals there are in the training industry that don't even have a success story like that yet so mm-hmm. you know how can we be multipliers of what we do how can we keep communicating um you know to to people and building those relationships to to trust in that process that that you help him develop for him in his routines that he had um you know it, it goes back to what we talk about is like what are we what are we missing in a you know in the in the profession of strength and conditioning and training like you know we're missing more of those stories mm-hmm. you know yeah 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 and i i totally agree and it was again it just brought me back to oh yeah this is why i did it you know and if i had trouble and if i have mornings that i wake up and don't have you know, let's call it motivation where it's harder to get out of bed you know, I, th- I think about that. I think about, okay, this is what my guy did. He dedicated himself to this and he was able to do it. It's something that I need to do because who knows if today I have that conversation, if I get out of bed and get to work, maybe today's the day I have a conversation where I get the opportunity to change this person's life. Or is that in two days or is that in, in three weeks, right? We have to understand that we're in a position to be able to do that. And also as parents, conversation that came up we had a parent who signed his athlete up for a you know for 12 months with us to train with us for 12 months and we can say to them and i'd said to them this and i know our boss had told another coach this but signing up for a training program for a year is changing this changing her son's life right just dedicating putting something in the book saying okay every tuesday thursday or every tuesday friday or whenever I'm going to get in here and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to do this is, is will change his life. And I think that's so, I think that's so awesome that we're in a position to be able to confidently say that to people, you know, okay, 12 months. I know it's a huge commitment. I understand it's a lot of money. I understand that all up front, but it will pay off and, and it will change his life. Um, as far as some of those things that we talked about with, with my friend who I had talked about, um, you know, I have a couple notes here of some of some other things that we can do of what we can, what listeners can do right now after they get off listening to this, after they turn this um, off in their headphones, even better if they're out walking and they're listening to it in their headphones, but some things they can do. Um, And let me just go over those real quick. Walking. Number one, just get out and walk. Um, I heard Dr. Tommy and we'll bring him up again. We brought him up earlier. We'll bring him up again later. Um, a guy that just seems to make sense. Um, he said that it takes you, you spend your whole first year, year and a half of life trying to figure out how to walk, right? That's your only goal as a child is how to get up on two feet. When do we forget how important that is? When along the lines of, you know, trying to, trying to continue to climb the ladder, trying to make more money, trying to build a family, trying to build a home, trying to invest money. And so when do we forget how important that is? Um, you know, if it takes it 12 months, 18 months, it's, it's gotta be important. So get out and walk, 
exercise, obviously getting up a little early, I think is something that, that is super beneficial. Um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes early and trying to figure out what you can do with that time to help because 15 minutes might not seem like a lot in one day, but you add that up over seven days, 14 days, you add it over six months, you add it up over a year, you add it up over 10 years, right? That's what we've got to look at. We've got to see how these things can benefit us. These little changes can benefit us the long way, um, you know, long way down the road. Bedtime, same thing. If we get up a little early, let's back that bedtime up a little bit. If we're used to getting in bed at midnight, let's try to get in bed tonight at, at 11.45. Let's try to get in bed at 11.30. And if you need to set a notification or have, you know, your loved one say something to you and help you out there, that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, but again, it's just doing these easy, simple things. Excuse me. These simple things, not always easy. Let me make, a, make sure I say that. They're simple, not always easy, but doing these consistently and with intent um, will lead up to having a ton of benefits. And again, that's something that we have control over all of these things. We don't have control over when we're going to play again, if we're going to play again. We don't have control over how the weather is going to be outside. We don't have control over any of these other social factors. What we do have control over is our bodies and what we do, getting up and walking, exercising, going to bed, you know, um, understanding social media intake, being consistent being intent, uh, having intent behind what we do. These are things that we can do right away that can benefit us in the long term. Any thoughts on any of those things? Do you, you hate, you hate those ideas? You no, like those man. Ideas? I, it's just like, you know, I think everybody, everybody, uh, those are all consistent, you know, those are all consistently things, um, that can help. Um, you know, I think, people get caught up in individual differences and, and tend to throw out ideas because of like one experience, you know, discounting that, you know, without, without giving it a full um, commitment to try a new, a new habit, a new little hack, a new little yeah. routine, um, not giving it the thought to, to see what is this going to do for me in 20 years. Um, as opposed to like, well, what do I want to do right now? Right. Um, and I think that's where people get stuck. Um, you know, what, what do I want to do right now? I want to play video games till two o'clock at night, you know, but where do I want to be in 10 years? And right. what would playing video games till two o'clock at night, what would the trickle down be? You know, right. It would right. be pretty bad. I don't have to explain it. It would be terrible. Yeah. 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 And you hope, you hope. <laughs> you hope people understand you and that's why you don't need to go much into it right um, uh, but that's not what you're th you know it's not what you're thinking at that time when right you know all your buddies are hitting you up trying to play or you know we could use a, a lot of different examples like you know well what's what's the repercussions of, of you know me um you know sleeping in till 10 right it's a, it's a saturday i could sleep until 10 Right. Well, what happens if you consecutively sleep until 10 for five Saturdays in a row and then 10 years from now, that's your habit. What are mm -hmm. you missing out on? Right. Um, you know, I think, and, 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 you know, even to like, for me, like I actually feel like I feel better when I do go to bed closer to 11 or, or, or midnight. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel better with like consistently, like the same amount of sleep, like six and a half hours of sleep consistently throughout the week. But that doesn't mean that, you know, other people need to get to bed earlier because 
you know, I think for, for my, like my evening routine is sim more similar to your morning routine in, in mm -hmm. terms of that's when you reflect and, and think about the day that you're going to have ahead of you. Whereas like, I like to do that the night before. And when I get up, I like to just get up and roll right into it. Right. Uh, you know, for, for me, um, I, I slow down at night and that's when I have the time to think, um, and, and plan. Um, so, you know, that's an individual difference, but like, you have to like, you have to figure that out and you have to have the long-term in mind. Um, you know, if I'm going to be working on a couple of different things, I understand that I'm going to have some late nights. And so mm -hmm. how, can I, how can I make something consistent and optimize that, that time that I'm spending sacrificing sleep um, in, in getting the amount that I think I need so I can spend two hours doing something that will pay out 10 years from now. And that, that circles back to just the uncomfortability, right? It's, yeah. it's why, what's wrong with being comfortable and what's wrong with, you know, just waking up when we want to wake up, eating when we want to eat, um, you know, kind of every, what, you know, what's, what's wrong with that. I, I don't think we're saying that there's anything completely, totally wrong and everybody should change their routine and everything should do things differently. The reason we had these conversations with our athletes is because they said, okay, this is, I've had this routine. This is how it's been. Now things are changing. What else can we do? to make our situation better. And, I, and that's why we brought those things up is because we wanna be prepared as individuals with things we do that we can control that will help benefit us. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of the, you know, be proactive, be reactive, right? We, we'd rather be more proactive than be reactive. There's, uh, there are times where we'll have to be reactive, but if we do enough things consistently to be able to be comfortable in those, in those tough situations when new bands happen, when you're, when you're, you know, season gets pushed back, when, you know, crazy things happen. If there's a routine set in place and if there's things you've been doing and consistently been doing while everything else is changing, while outside is a whirlwind of things going on, you have dedicated time and effort into what you do and you know how you feel because of it and you know the benefits you have of it. So I think that's, that's, that needs to be said is, yeah. again, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Sure. But whatever it is that you're doing, if it's helping you, if it's benefiting, benefiting you, again, if it, if it makes sense and if it's working, continue to do it. But if you feel that there are spaces that you need to fill in to be able to be more, more proactive, then take those opportunities to be able to do that. Um, yeah, and spending spending too much time in in any comfort zone, even if it's something is working, can eventually become something that's not. Mm -hmm. um, and and you know we could look at like a good example of what that would look like is like let's say you know there's uh, an an athlete that's that's training a certain way. By training that certain way, they were able to get a certain amount of benefit from. But if they continue to train in the same way, they, they start to get diminishing returns on that type of training and they need to, yeah. they need to change their training. Um, but you'll never know if you need to change your training if, if you don't step out into uncomfortable training environments, uncomfortable movements, uncomfortable things that, that you just want to try. If you never break from that comfort zone with something uncomfortable, um, you know, I think 
you, you can't really expect any, any different results than, than what you're getting. And I think, you know, from, again, speaking athletes specifically, you know, we hear it all the time. It's like, I want to get, I want to get faster. Well, what did you do different? How long have you known you needed to get faster? Yeah. A, a while. I know I'm slow. <laughs> yeah. What, what have you done from the time that you talked to me about it from the time you knew that you need to get faster? Like, well, I didn't change anything. Well, then how are you supposed to get faster? How are you expecting a change? So what Doing are we going to do, what are we gonna do different now? You know, what are we going to do different now to, you know, you spoke it into words. You want to get faster. What are we going to do different now? Yeah. Um, you know, and now, now you're ready and now you're ready and willing. Maybe yeah. you weren't before. Yeah. Right. But once you say it, that's the only way that you can make it happen. Again, going back to a former podcast we had with, with coach Corey Van White. That's what he said. He said, if the athlete's not ready and willing, if the adult member of the adult client is not ready and willing, then it's just not time for them. Yeah, and we lose our we lose our ability to you know respond you know what you're talking about when we get too comfortable, and mm -hmm. then we end up defaulting to reaction. The conversation came up today with a college athlete of ours who is very consistent. Uh, five days a week, comes in, works his butt off. I know he's doing extra stuff on Saturdays and Sundays. Even after we're done training him, he hangs out for another two three hours and does more and more and more. And he came to me and he said. He said, man, CT, you know, I, I've been doing this. Things are great. I feel great. I want to be able to do more. And the conversation was, okay, we've made all this progress in training. We're starting to slow down with our training. He, we're in a position where not, not the pace, just the, the gains portion, right? We're in a position with this athlete where if we, if we try to program and set up and work for a, a front squat PR, it's going to take a long time to get one or two kilos out of him. Right. If we're trying to set up for a for a, you know, any anything like that, any number there that is is goes hand in hand with training. You know, he wants to get his mile time down. OK, that's going to take some time because we're pretty well conditioned and we've been doing these things pretty consistently. The conversation was, you know, what can I do more? And I said, what haven't you done? Right. What are, I always see you in here training hard. I always see you running routes. I always see you catching a ton of passes. I see you staying after. I, I know we've talked nutrition. I know we've talked sleep and we're talking about the sleep apps he's got on his phone and on his watch and how he's been working on sleep. He said, you know, I wish I, I wish I knew 10 years ago how important it is. Right. I said, well, have you ever, have you ever tried to, um, you know, add mobility or, or flexibility? He said, no, I've, I've never even thought about that. I said, well, let's start there. I said, grab one of these underdog fitness foam rollers. Roll on this thing 10 minutes a day. I said, try that. See how much better you feel after you decide to put in 10 minutes of consistent effort into that. See how much better you feel. Okay, if that's good, let's start stretching. Let's stretch a little more. I said that because I know that's exactly where I'm at quarantine I was stretching a lot more than I'm now did I have a ton of benefits from it right away yes I did is it boring do I not want to do it anymore because it's uncomfortable and I'd rather be doing other things yes and I understand that and because of that I've been trying to get back into that because I know I'm not going to be able to with you know with my training background with your training background we're not going to be able to hit a hit a heavier squat heavier clean and jerk heavier snatch because that's something that we've worked for for a long time but what we can is add, is add some – what we can do right away with some consistent effort is add a, a couple inches to our sit-and-reach test that we took 
back when we were 13 in the presidential fitness test because that was the last time I tried to do that. And that was the last time I stretched, right? So adding things like that in there and getting those, what we kind of refer to as newbie gains and being able to get that, that those, those exciting gains where you're feeling better every single time you do it, you're feeling more flexible, you're getting into positions you haven't been getting into. And then all that rolling over to everything else you do will only enhance all right, now my hamstrings are this much more flexible. Now I'm this much more mobile through my hips. Now I can get strength in these positions. Now my squat's going to go up. Now I'm going to get faster. Now my 40 time's going to go down. Now my mile time's going to go down. And all those things add up. So it's not, it's not always push, 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 push. Sometimes, like you said, you got to step back and think, okay, what else can I do? What else can I add? What haven't I been doing that I need to add and need to do? And I'm glad that came up, and I'm so glad he brought that up. And again, he talked about it, and we said, hey, man, we really have to have this conversation because we think more people need to hear it. So we'll yeah, see. Nutrition we'll see if he so, stretches. Nutrition is so similar in that aspect to mobility, too, from a standpoint of, like, you have to do it so consistently for a certain amount of time for, for one to see the benefit, but then to see the big benefit. Yeah. And then you don't have to focus on it as much. Um, and sometimes you need the gut checks, you know, sometimes you need the, the zoom out, you know, the, the, have I fallen off a little bit, mm -hmm. what worked before. Um, but until you dive into that and fully commit from a standpoint of trying something new, you know, we'll, we'll see those newbie gains, but we'll never get that big payout and we'll discount it and we'll stop doing it. Yeah. And we've all been there yeah. with everything. We've yeah. been there with, we've been there with work. We've been there with relationships. We've been there, you know, with, with training. We've, we've all been there and we've all done that. We've all said, Oh, this is great that I do this and then stop doing it and then make whatever excuses to make sure we don't get back, you know, don't, don't get back into it. Um, you know, so again, again, like what now, right. Keeps coming back to, why we wanted to have this conversation, you know, take some, take some notes, take some ideas from this and think, okay, what, what can I add? What can I take away? The little things here and there that that'll help me, um, you know, as I continue to go out through, through my day, what can help get me better? What am what am I missing personally? You know, um, Reggie Hodges, one of our first guests on the podcast, he was the guy who originally said when we asked him what we're missing, it was that time commitment. It was, you know, the, the conversation with the athlete and the parent that this is not going to take six months. This is not going to take a year. This is not going to take two years. The guys who get to the place they're, where they want to be, the girls who get to the place where they want to be, the, the parents who get to, to the place that they want to be with their kids understand that it takes consistent effort. And it needs to be like that in everything we do if we want to get any return from, from things. Um, I have some of these essentials here that I would love to talk about and, and, and we can wrap it up with that just to, you know, have people think a little bit. Um, and, and we can wrap up with that, talk a little bit about that and we can head out unless there's something else you want to, you want to hit on. No, man, I think that, I think that's a great way to kind of sum up, um, you know, the, what now of, of, you know, what, what we can get, you know, what we can give, um, you know, to people to, to think about. Um, yeah. yeah. So this came from, and I've listened to a, a couple people who have some different, some different stances on this, and everybody's is going to be different. Um, Dr. Nick Wilson mentioned, you know, the five essentials to health and wellness, and listen to that podcast. Um, 
and you'll hear what he has to say about that. And so it's very similar with that, right? What is something that, that humans can take daily inventory of, and it doesn't have to be pen to paper. It doesn't have to be in your notes. It can just be as you're going out through the day and, and making points. And, but just things that we need to do as human beings take inventory of um, to give us the opportunity to really thrive, you know, not just survive, but thrive. And here are the things that we've mentioned a couple of times, Dr. Tommy John um, mentions is his personal eight essentials. Again, it's going to be different for everybody. These make sense. And these are why, why, um, why I'm sharing them. And these are things that hit home a lot with me. Yours might be completely different, but here's just a couple of things to think about. So essential number one, for him, belief in something greater than self. So this is different to everybody. This could be God. This could be a, a higher power. But this is basically saying that our body understands what's going on more than we do, right? We, we think that Advil, taking Advil, taking ibuprofen is, is healing, you know, the symptom and the issue that we have. But our bodies are smarter than that. Our brains are smarter than that. They've evolved over all these years. They understand we have to understand as human beings that sometimes we need to just take a step back and let our body work. Um, so a belief in something greater than self too is a purpose. We talked about our why, like what is it that's getting you out of bed every single day to want to be the best human being you can do. And, and again, stop me if you want to go into any of these a little more. Um, number three relationships, obviously not only with loved ones, but uh, you know, people who you see uh, people who are acquaintances, people you see, you know, just on social media, people who you run into at the store, um, you know, people that you drive by, your, your relationships are so important. He has this ranked at number three because he understands how high it is. Um, and it's easy to just think, okay, my, my wife, my girlfriend, my husband, my mother, my father, it's more than that. It's your relationship with, with every human being you come into contact with. Um, number four, sleep and naps. You know, we talked a lot about um, sleep. We've had people on the, on the podcast talk about sleep. Naps are important. If you're a person who naps, then that's excellent. You know, make, making sure you get good, good sleep, good, healthy sleep every night. Uh, number five, breath work, meditation, and prayer. Again, different for everybody. Um, if it's sitting by yourself for 30 seconds and focusing on one inhale and one exhale, that could be it for you. It could be other people meditating for, you know, there are people who meditate 23, 24 hours a day. It looks completely different to everybody, right? But breath, meditation, prayer. Number six, natural light exposure. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the benefits of vitamin D have been talked about, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be careful how I, how I say all this stuff. Um, but we just need to get outside. We're, we're meant to be outside and get outside and be exposed to natural light and kind of set those circadian rhythms of, of, you know, our ancestors, um, and understand the, the benefits of natural light exposure, not always being under, you know, a blinding, detrimental, painful LED lights all the time. Um, number seven, nourishment, what we put in our body, not only food and drink, but what, what we are taking in from outside sources, what we're sitting and looking at, at the phone and the screen and what that's doing to us mentally and physically. Um, nourishment in, in general, they think of every, every way you nourish your body physically, emotionally, mentally. And then finally, and he has this in number eight, because he always says, this is the last thing that you need to focus on and everything else is more important than that. And it's just movement. Um, getting out, 
moving, like we talked about walking, took us a year and a half to walk. We need to get back to just going outside and walking and understanding the benefits of that and what it does for us physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, moving, you know, getting, standing up. <laughs> Got a phone call sent to the, so sent to the uh, Zoom. Um, movement, just getting up and moving and, and moving yourself consistently and, and just looking into the benefits of that. And again, we say all these things and it, you know, they make sense to us. They make sense to me personally. Some of them may not make sense to you, but like we said, they're all, everybody's different, but we're, we're just asking every individual to sit and think and take inventory of these things and what's important to them. Right. I'm not saying these are exactly what you need to do, but we're saying you need to have things that are important to you and that you understand are essential to you and your life and what helps you be able to continue to level up and be able to continue to live as healthy and as, and as, and as well as you can, because there's a lot of things right now that are trying to get in the way of a lot of these. There's, you know, relationships. There are people who don't agree with what you agree with, don't agree with what I agree with. Um, how detrimental is that to our mental and physical health? Um, you know, all these things, all these things are, are being attacked right now but if we can take a step back and take inventory of what's important to us i think everybody would have a ton of benefits from finding out what's essential to them what's important to them and what makes them feel the best so they can have intent and they can be consistent with these things daily and can always check in on themselves and be accountable to themselves and their loved ones and to be able to live as long and healthy and as strong as they can yeah and i think no matter what you know i your uh, eight essentials are to you they they need to be done with intent and they need to have reflection on that intent um and and those are the two things that are you know universal to to everybody regardless of what those eight things are mm -hmm. um you know with with the with the intent you have a goal out, outcome um and it could be a goal 10 years from now it could be a goal 10 days from now um and then with the reflection you you sit back and and you see if those intense match with the goals that, that you set, um, you know, to those. Um, and, and these are, these are things that, that take no skill. They, they don't take any money. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them save you money, yeah. uh, but they're not always comfortable to start progressing towards working on yourself. Right. That, I mean, that's a perfect, perfect way to put it. We can, we have, full control over this as humans. And like you said, they're all free. So figure that out for yourself, figure out what's important for yourself, figure out what you need to live and be healthy and be strong and be good role models for the people who look up to you and, you know, follow in the footsteps of the people who you followed and you've looked up to and the people you love. Um, because we have a short amount of time on this earth and we've got to be, We've, we've just got to live with intent. We've got to make sure that we're always checking in on ourselves and making sure we're doing things to benefit us and things that will help us continue to reach our goals, whether it be playing football, whenever you play football, or whether it just be being around for when, you're, when your grandkids grow up. I think everybody needs to just sit back and think about that for a little bit and see what's important to them and then be able to make those decisions every day based on those things. Awesome, man. All good. Cut off some coffee, episode 12 in the books. Yeah, buddy.
All right. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful day. We'll be back with lucky number 18, or excuse me, 18, 13. lucky number 13 coming up. Looking too far in the future. James, thanks for taking time, sitting down, man, and, and having this conversation. Uh, always, always a good conversation with you, man. Yeah, man. All right. Well, everybody have a great day. Thank you all for listening. All right. Have a good one.